Welcome to Bespin Ice Cream Stand. My name is Joshua Rourke, and with me as always, it's Benny Campbell Ferguson. Hey, it's good to be here. Good to be back. I feel like we, uh, we have a job again. I know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> the Jedi robes are back on, or the, the blasters back in the holster, or... I wish I could think of something more like nerdier and obscure to like prove my. The Kyber crystals yet. have been installed. <laughs> okay, that's good. That's good. Thank you. Thank you. So, um, why are we here? <laughs> well, we are here because uh, this marks the 45th anniversary of the very first Star Wars. 45 years since uh, May 25, 1977. And we've, we've been kicking around this idea for a while, the idea of debating, you know, which, which we like more, uh, A New Hope. I was trying to think, should I should I break down and just call it A New Hope? It's kind of easier to differentiate. I think you should break down, because everyone listening knows when we say A New Hope, we mean Star Wars. That's right. You think it's yeah. anything different, there's something wrong with you. And if you enjoy the sequel trilogy or the prequel trilogy, get out of here. Get out of here. Get out of town. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I call it a new hope. I, I think that's just how it is now. Yeah, know? yeah. Okay, okay. So we're talking a, a new hope versus uh, Empire Strikes Back, uh, and so I mean, the superficial level, I think this is a this is a debate. But I think we're gonna try and take it in some other directions, and, and maybe use this more like as a as a framework just to you know talk about like what we value about Star Wars because we're we're talking yeah. about two masterpieces uh I think they both succeed brilliantly triumphantly on the terms that they they set from their, their for themselves so it's not really a wrong choice it's just, it's just it's always interesting to do comparisons because through comparison you become aware of you know differences and ideas and you know artistic and approach and similarities which there are there are more than people might think yeah my thing with with comparing these is it's an emotional choice yes i think you can't say somebody's right or wrong this is too embedded in people's life in their lifestyle i mean if you grew up on these movies of course you're gonna have an opinion and anyone saying anything otherwise is going to ruin your childhood yeah, exactly. Just just desecrate it. Yeah, thanks, George. <laughs> Oppenheimer, it, you know. <laughs> um, but we wanted to uh, start by... Uh, you had the idea that we start by talking about Return of the Jedi, actually. So we cover the whole trilogy. Because yeah. the one thing that we you know, completely, uh, I think, unequivocally agree on is that Return of the Jedi is underrated... A hundred percent. It's it's the one nobody talks about. What's your favorite Star Wars movie? Oh, Empire, of course. Everyone loves Empire. Oh, oh New Hope, interesting, interesting. Oh, uh, Last Jedi. Um, <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> yeah, but, well, I mean, if you bring Last Jedi up, like you know, like half of the people in the room are gonna want to buy you a drink, and half of the other people are gonna be like. Fleeing like you have COVID, you know. <laughs> it's pretty damn divisive. I think we can't get it into it. We can't get into it today. No, uh, no. we've gotten to, into it before, though. Uh, definitely worth listening to our last Jedi episode. There's some reverence and a lot of shitting on the last Jedi. So, yes. um, highly yes. recommended if you want to be validated. Possibly. <laughs> uh, one thing I want to say about Return of the Jedi is that 
I mean, I, I think you and I are in like a like a similar you know mold as as fans. Like we're both we're both you know original trilogy guys with you know the the kind of you know fervor for the golden age of Star Wars. OT or nothing, baby. Yeah, OT or nothing. yeah. So it's it's always interesting, like when we find things we don't agree about. Yeah. And I remember, I can't remember the specifics, but I remember when we did a Return of the Jedi episode, we we actually went back and forth like like quite a bit. Really? Yeah. Like I rem- I remember. It's been about a year since we recorded that. Yeah, it's I true. It has been a while. I'm sorry, right? Well, but I remember you you were a bit more like hardcore. And I was like the one who was like apologizing for everything, like, "Yeah, Ewoks aren't that bad." Yeah, you know, like <laughs> Ewoks are that bad. That's like eighty percent of the reason people shit on Return of the Jedi. Yes, yeah. Well, and then I mean, you were talking about it's always an emotional choice. Which of the original tril- trilogy is your favorite? Sure. And Jedi is not my favorite because just as uh, as a work of art on its own, I feel like it's the one that, that doesn't here as smoothly as the others but I, I i do have the strongest emotional attachment to it yeah right? because my i mean my favorite aspect of star wars is luke trying to redeem his his father and, and i would argue as as devastating as it is you know to find out that one of the most evil beings in the universe you know is uh is your parent your only living parent i i think what's even more fascinating is you know looking at that evil and you know believing that redemption is possible it's such an extreme and beautiful and and, and some might say crazy level of optimism that to me that's just the most poignant you know journey of uh of the of the whole saga in a way i mean almost there's a lot going on in jedi but in a way like Everything with Luke and Vader and the the Emperor and even his uh, his conversation with Leia, it almost seems like a movie unto itself. Like it's kind of interesting. Like you have all these Ewok antics and stuff, and then all of a sudden, you know, you have uh, you know Luke telling Leia he's he's going to go off and try to save his father, and and then like that conversation between her and Han, and suddenly, you know, in, in the midst of all the kind of like slapstick you know you 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 have (laughs) one of the longest dialogue scenes in probably any big budget movie and it's uh it's it's one of the it's it's one of the most beautiful things i mean i get chills you know when you know he he says like you know vader's here on this moon i felt his presence (laughs) so good like shit they can do that (laughs) yeah yeah for me, Jedi always felt like, and I think I've used this metaphor before, so forgive me if I have. But for me, Jedi feels like, if I'm comparing it to an album, it has my favorite songs on it, Ooh. but it's not my favorite album. That's good. I think That's that good. it's got a few bangers, but like, like from start to finish, it doesn't nail it the way the debut album or the dark sophomore follow-up does. Yes. Yeah. It's the highs are higher and the lows are lower. Yeah. I really like the album metaphor. I mean, there's so many scenes that you could argue that's that's the best the whole saga yeah. has ever yeah. been. It, it's just that, you know... I mean, whole, I'm sorry to interrupt, no, but like, the throne room scene, yeah. the emperor in general... Obviously, the Vader stuff's amazing. The Han and Leia stuff. 
the Han and Luke stuff, uh, Yoda and Obi Wan kicking it in Dagobah for a minute. Yeah, yeah. Like, like that's a necessary thing, and it works so well for me. It gives me chills, not just because it's cold in this room. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, and I could go on, but I, I guess what I mean to say is, is yeah, the highs are so damn high, and the lows are so damn low. Ewoks being chief among them, but what what do you think the failure is of Return of the Jedi? I'm I sorry I interrupted you. Failure is perhaps at times a lack of focus. I mean, between you know all the all the stuff at Jabba's palace, which is arguably at times egregious, even without you know Sly Snoodles, uh, you know. Looking for the camera <laughs> in the special edition, uh, and, and then oh, with all the Ewoks, like at the time, at times it feels like it's it's too much of a creature feature, and that you know the menagerie is kind of detracting from what we care about, which is Han, Luke, and Leia, and I think that you know there's an argument to be made that you could have you know stripped it down a bit more to the characters and that, you know, as good as, you know, all the character stuff is, there, there could have been more of it. I mean, I mean, you, you, you look at that compared to Empire or A New Hope and those movies just seem so focused, you know, click, 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 you know, there, there's a, a, a you know, kind of a meticulousness, not, not, not in a, you know, boring, fussy way, but in a way how like every part of the clock, every gear is like, you know, turning, you know, in synchronousness with, with everything else. And then you get to Jedi and like, well, there's kind of this, you know, detour to Jabba's, which before the whole movie, the real movie gets started, yeah, it's a little bit yeah. ungainly. And I mean, even though, I mean, the kind of fancy pants argument is like, Oh, you know, it's like, you have to go to the underworld to rescue. Yeah, <laughs> you know? No, no, it's a really good point. <laughs> I, I just, it made me think about it. Um, when you when you talk about focus and them cutting away, especially towards the end with like Luke and Vader and the Emperor and Indoor and the Death Star battle and all of that, um, it's kind of cool. But that also is indicative of sort of the problem. And it, and it hit me just now. That's kind of what the problem is with movies after Return of the Jedi in the Star Wars universe, mm. which is they took that template of like, Okay, we'll start somewhere that has not a lot to do with the movie, <laughs> and then we're going to intercut between stuff that might not be as important. I'm not saying that that every Star Wars movie after did that, but I think that they saw Return of the Jedi's template as a success, and so they just tried to copy that, which is you know probably a, a argument for another day. Yeah, which is you know that that the prequel, well, more so the sequel trilogy. Um, didn't set out to to pave its own path. Instead, was just trying to emulate those movies, and maybe this one in particular. It's funny how, like, I mean, Phantom Menace was the first one they made after Return of the Jedi, and it feels so similar in a lot of ways, with the, the Gungans kind of being like that movie's version of the Ewoks, and mm-hmm. then a climax where it's like, oh, well, we did, you know, three sequences intercut now we have to intercut four (laughs) (laughs) and finally with attack of the clones he was like okay you know i'm not gonna intercut five but but then he just you know spewed like cgi vomit over the screen with all that (laughs) stupid uh 
you know, separatist droids, or you can't tell what the fuck is going on. <laughs> yeah, I, I just think it needed another revision. We've talked about that in our prequel episodes, but it, the prequels needed another rewrite or two. Yep. And George Lucas thinks he's smarter and, and maybe more empathetic than he is as well. Yeah. And so when, when these uh, big ideas, quote-unquote, are happening on screen, I don't think that they're successful because you can't connect with them at all. He's not nailing it. So I, that reminds me, I do want to get into something, which, I mean, we can you know, talk about what George Lucas did wrong all day. I mean, there's so much, and we have, and I'm sure we will again. It, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a habit. But, uh, but there's always this, this kind of mentality, I think, among some fans. I mean, I, I don't think you or I feel this way, but I think a lot of people feel that like George Lucas is, is somehow unnecessary, that like the mistakes he made are so great that he, he did more harm than good, ultimately, to Star Wars. But the thing I think is interesting is that with the original trilogy, I believe it was kind of the tension between his sensibility and the sensibilities of his collaborators. Yes. That was, you know, making those movies click. And I'm going to say something really unfashionable, but, um, you know, Lawrence Kasdan and Harrison Ford wanting to kill Han and Return of the Jedi was a fucking stupid idea. And, you know, they, <laughs> they were, they were going down the wrong, the wrong path. I mean, Kasdan, you know, pushing it, and say, you know, for instance, with, you know, Empire Strikes Back going like, okay, you know, we can describe the Force in a more spiritual way. You know, luminous beings, are we not this crude matter? You know, he was absolutely right to, like, push George Lucas's ideas further, you know. Yeah. But then you get into Jedi and, you know, this kind of mentality of, like, everything has to be, you know, darker and more sadistic, you know, to the point where, um, you know, like George Lucas was like mocking Lawrence Kasdan by saying, you know, oh yeah, let's end the movie with, you know, Luke becoming Vader. Ha ha ha. You know, <laughs> and like, I mean, part of it, the beauty of this series is its optimism. And I think, you know, yeah. part of the power of Jedi is that, you know, it is an incredibly optimistic film that, that ends with this, this sense of, you know, new life being born and the kind of, the makeshift family unit of Han and Luke and Leia has survived all this, this, this war and chaos and, and yet it's, it can do that and still, you know, look, you know, you know, real, you know, human pain, like dead in the eye and have Luke alone in the forest, you know, burning his father's body. And that those things aren't in contradiction, you know, life is, is loving and, you know, losing. And it's all of that. And it kind of takes in the sort of the totality of the human experience. And that, I mean, that's, I think the magic of a good collaboration. Yeah, I, I can't add to that. All I can say is, way to bring it back to the original trilogy. Because I, I do feel like, yeah, we kind of set out to talk about uh, our clickbaity idea <laughs> of what is the best old Star Wars. Um, and, and I think I'd love to get into it, because you're right. The, yes. You get into the, and when I say you, I mean you and me and everyone listening. It's easy to get into this downward spiral of, fuck George Lucas, and here's why. <laughs> And it's really empowering because in a lot of ways we're right. Sure. A lot of things we complain about with Star Wars are completely valid. But like we said earlier, um, it is more of an emotional thing. It is. To love and hate Star Wars. And so how could I ever convince you or how could you ever convince me that my experience or your experience is wrong? 
Yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, there's 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 no convincing, and and I find that in general, with film criticism, the the notion that you can convince someone is is almost crazy because you know film is a visceral visceral art form. You know, you you can't tell someone they didn't have the experience they had. You can maybe like reframe it and like open people's eyes to certain things, but you can't you know change the way someone feels when they watch a movie because that feeling. It's influenced by you know, everything that has ever happened to them in their life and their personality, you know, and it's so, which is why I think like the fun of something like this is like just to talk about it. Yeah. You know? And also <laughs> like, like where the movie and not just Star Wars, but, but any old movie that you love, where it hits you in life as you move forward in life. And yeah. as you relate, it's like that 12 monkeys quote that I don't remember. <laughs> um, the the film doesn't change. You have changed. The viewer. I'm stalling so I can look it up because it's a really good <laughs> quote. You know what I'm talking about, or am I totally rambling? I I don't know the quote. Okay, the quote is. I'm sound so smart when I find it. Oh, I'm so excited. Like the past, the movie never changes. It can't change. Mm, arguably, though, George Lucas. Ha! See what I mean, though? Easy to go in a downward spiral. But no, like the past, the movie never changes. It can't change. But every time you see it, it seems different because you're different. You see different things. That's so true. Yeah. And I love it for something like Star Wars, which at this point, we've lost count of how many times we've watched Star Wars movies. Yes. Yep. Um, and I think doing this podcast was such a great practice in rediscovering what it was I loved about it and also finding new things, which is crazy. Yeah. It's like listening to a song and being like, oh, I never noticed that little electric guitar bit. Oh, I didn't notice that organ that's, you know, on the low end. Yeah, yeah. Just keeps revealing things. I love that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that said, though, all of that said, of course, I'm not going to change your mind, but A New Hope is better. <laughs> <laughs> that's my argument. I think I've said enough. So... <laughs> Case closed. Um, yep. <laughs> obviously, I'm going to be advocating for the Empire Strikes Back, and 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 if if you were here watching us sitting at Josh's uh, kitchen table, you'd see I'm wearing my Empire Strikes Back shirt with oh, Yoda. I knew what he was back. thinking the moment he walked in. And me, on the other <laughs> hand, I didn't do any prep work, and I'm in my pajamas. Josh has got his poker face going, you know. <laughs> but I I did want to ask you i mean like a new hope you know like it, as far as like why you you like it better what is it exactly like is it you know do you prefer you know because of you know what it represents do you, do you prefer it because you think it's you know better artistically or or technically or, or is it that kind of thing where it's like just you encounter the the first of a phenomenon and it's it's something so pure is beautiful that nothing is going to kind of take away that luster basically. I guess I'll take that in reverse for what I remember and I'll say I don't remember the first time I watched Star Wars but I know I didn't watch A New Hope first necessarily okay interesting so for me it was Star Wars as a package deal by the time I was growing up in like the mid 90s before right before the special edition came out that sort of seemed like like peak Star Wars fandom um, but no, I, it's not, I mean, obviously nostalgia has a huge factor in all this, but a new hope versus say Empire Strikes Back isn't necessarily, I don't prefer it because of nostalgic reasons. 
And then to take your other question, it's not a technical thing either. I don't think it's a better made movie necessarily. In fact, I don't think it's a better made movie <laughs> than Empire. And we've talked about that before in the past. I think it's a more cohesive mission statement that posed a question that the Empire Strikes Back answered in some oh, ways. I mean, what do you uh, think the mission statement is? Because I think, I think that's the thing that I've been interested to you know, get to the core of. Like, I, I think each of these movies are they're in conversation with each other and they're each, they're each saying something very different about you know, what Star Wars is. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a heavy question and I'm not sure I can answer it uh, without spending another hour. But... God, I, I'm not sure if I can answer that, you know, short, in, a, in a short way. Well, can I tell you what I think and then you okay. tell me if I'm okay. bullshit or okay. not? Okay, okay, <laughs> it's going to be bullshit. Get ready, everyone. <laughs> so I think about A New Hope, and I think that it's very, very, you know, deliberately designed to kind of reflect a certain state of mind. I think it's a state of mind like when you're, you're younger and, and you see the world in more straightforward terms. Mm-hmm. And I think the overall narrative and the movie itself is, is kind of reflecting Luke's, uh, you know, sort of, you know, youthful outlook, you know, empire, bad rebels, you know, good. It, it's very, uh, it's very easy to, to kind of, you know, divide things into these, these lines. And the galaxy looks that way because that's how he sees the galaxy. It's all about him. And, and then like, you know, with Obi-Wan, you know, you know, reflecting that too, like, you know, the kind of the first mentor figure is, you know, the benevolent one that he doesn't really question, that he doesn't really rebel against. You know, he has, and that, you know, is partly because Obi-Wan is a very nurturing figure, but also he, he's at the point in his life where he has trust in, in more trust in authority, maybe. Hmm. Obi Wan has more trust. I think Luke has more oh. trust. Yeah, absolutely. And absolutely. then I think you're getting into Empire. Empire is, you know, kind of the illustrating like when you get older, you know, maybe, you know, when you become a teenager and suddenly, you know, you're questioning everything. You know, suddenly everything seems uh, murky, murkier. You know, I, I think about that, you know, moment when, uh, you know, Dax says to Luke. You know, right now I could take on the whole empire myself. And he kind of sounds like Luke in A New Hope. And Luke's yeah, sort of like, yeah. I know what you mean. But he kind of sounds like... A little more know, jaded a little or a little more, more realistic. Because yeah. he's just been in the snow. He got uh, attacked by a wampa and, and nearly mauled to death. He now knows that, you know, as heroic as he is, you know, like he could have just been killed in this random, stupid, you know, pointless way. And that would have been the end of everything. And, and then, you know, we're going into more morally murky territory with, uh, you know, Yoda being a, a much more kind of, you know, complex mentor who's, who's harder to trust and who he rebels against his, his, the story he has in his head about who his father was and, and therefore who he is, is being challenged. And then, you know, on top of all that, you know, it's happening to the other characters too. You, I mean, Han, you know, kind of sort of gets, domesticated by the rebellion pretty quickly you know mm-hmm. whereas you have lando who is like a much harder figure to get a hold on you know he he seems like oh he's such a nice guy and then oh fuck that guy he's the medic. but then yeah. you know, he redeems himself not only that but he you know he's he gives up his business 
and saves the entirety of Cloud City by, you know, warning them that the Empire is taking over and in a weird way becomes the most heroic character in the film. So it's like, well, now I don't know what to think. And so I just think that, like, both of those films, like, do a kind of exemplary job of, like, representing, you know, the point in your life where you kind of take everything face value and the, the point in your life where you're on, you know, shaky ground. You know, we all start out looking at the twin suns and believing, you know, a beautiful future is at hand, but, but we all end up kind of, you know, in the airlock, watching the Millennium Falcon soar away into the galaxy, you know, thinking, wow, you know, life sucks right now, but I got to keep living. I got to keep going, you know, into the future, hyperspace. You know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And also like, uh, maybe this is negating my argument, but I feel like A New Hope doesn't really do the sequels any favors in that they set up, like, um, maybe not an obvious, but they, they set up a continuation or, or an, they set up characters in a world that, that can have more happen to it. But like you said, yeah, Han doesn't really go the places they could have taken him. Well, obviously, if they made it today, Han would be, you know, the Dark Knight and he would be conflicted and brooding <laughs> and blah, blah, blah. But but not just Han. Every character, it's sort of like, where do you go when you defeated the Empire, and and you've done it in this? And I don't mean this as a knock to the, you know, to a New Hope, but kind of a formulaic way. Good yeah. guys versus the bad guys, like you said. Uh, you know, good versus evil. You know who the good guys are. It's very clear, but the bad guys look pretty cool. Yeah, it's such a mythology based. Joseph Campbell-based, uh, in some ways formulaic, but if you strip it down to its essence. I mean, I, I, here's Ooh. the thing about Joseph Campbell. Joseph Campbell seeps into everything. Like, even, uh, you know, movies that are trying to subvert, you know, Joseph Campbell's, you know, research and his theories about, like, mythic archetypes, even when they try to subvert it, they end up playing exactly into it. Like, I, I, you know, I had a, a good friend who was talking about, you know, Blade Runner 2049 saying, oh, yeah, that movie sort of that whole hero's journey thing. And it's like, yes, on the surface, but if you actually look at the screenplay and the beats, I'll bet you could map it exactly to the hero's journey. Absolutely. So it's perilous. But, like, here's my question for you. And it's weird because now I'm kind of, like, going against, like, my own argument. <laughs> too. But, but, but didn't A New Hope kind of need to be formulaic so that, the other films could kind of react against that. Like, don't you have to kind of like do the no. sort of simple thing so that like the others can like, like offer the, the challenge to that and they can be in conversation with each other. I mean, no, not exactly. Cause then you're just trying to differentiate it as this is the, the simple one. And this is the dark one. <laughs> I mean, for instance, if we're talking about the first two, <laughs> sure. Empire and New Hope, um, let me gather my thoughts here. I think for like a mythology-based movie, it does have to have a simplicity to a point. Absolutely. I, I think having clear-cut winners and losers is, is huge. I think being able to build on that is great, but I don't think it necessarily has to be simple. Sure. I think the problem is people making movies then, but more so now, don't trust that the audience can handle deviations from that. Because, yeah, at the core, most stories are the same. And, and I know that's reductive to say and, I, and simplistic, and I'm not trying to change any minds here. <laughs> but I, I just mean to say, you can deviate from the formula. I'm 
so tired of origin stories. I don't care, and this is no secret for most of the Marvel movies, because most of them are origin stories, and it's the same origin story with a, a new coat of sexy paint. So, I don't know. I don't. I, to answer your question, I don't think it has to be simplistic, but I, I don't know if you're trying to get at something else. Well, okay, let me, let me frame it this way. I mean, like, you, you hit upon, I think, the thing that everyone always says about New Hope versus Empire, that New Hope is the sort of simple one, and Empire is the dark one. But... And complex. Hey, I'm complex. <laughs> yeah, bro. <laughs> and superficially, maybe that's true. But I wonder, like, I mean, if you poke around beneath the surface... I feel like it's more complicated, isn't it? Because, I mean, you look at, like, what's being dealt with in A New Hope and this, you know, this young kid, you know, kind of, you know, torn between, you know, duty and, and destiny and, 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 you know, dreaming of another life, even though he has these responsibilities at home on the farm. And then he, the Empire comes in and, you know, takes away what little he has, basically. I mean, he comes home to find, you know, the home he grew up on, you know, just up in smoke, and his his aunt and uncle have been, it looks like, tortured to death. And, I mean, it, it's funny that we talk about Empire being so much darker, and it is, and, and yet when I look at A New Hope, you know, it's just like one loss after another from Owen and Baru to, to Biggs to Obi-Wan. And that's why I think like why the, the kind of formulaic triumph over evil at the end with the Death Star blowing up has so much, so much resonance because there is so much darkness and there is so much loss that it, it almost feels like even though we know intellectually that you know good is going to win, there's a part of this that, that almost doesn't believe those torpedoes are going to find their mark and that's it's kind of the power of the filmmaking, I think. Like, it's like yeah. all stories are in the same, but it's all in the doing, you know, and the building of the suspense. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's an exercise in futility for anybody to try to intellectualize art, to intellectualize film, or to break it down to a level that's so basic. That's no fun. It doesn't do anything other than prove to me that you got a college degree, probably. Sure. So, so I, I don't know. Yeah, I, um. I think that's just my problem in general with Star Wars discourse. When people talk about it, um, it comes from a level of I need to prove how smart I am. Yeah. And here's my fresh hot take. Yeah. Well, the I mean, I once said to uh, a friend of mine, I said, "You don't want to be looking down at the screen. You want to be looking up at the screen." But uh, you know, I feel like I've never lost the sense of wonderment. You know, I, I feel like I've, I've never like felt like like I'm above Star Wars, you know, like, in fact, quite the opposite. I, I feel like, you know, the movies are, at least the ones that are really good, <laughs> are above <laughs> me. And I, you know, I bow to the, I bow to the masters, you know, and, and we were I'm talking about Return of the Jedi earlier, you know, as much as, you know, we can, uh, we, we can, you know, nitpick certain things. As far as I'm concerned, Return of the Jedi is like a, like a holy artifact, you know? Yeah, man. And also, <laughs> and I don't want to get into it too, too much more, but I will say, Return of the Jedi had the hardest job because it has, it has the burden of closing off the entire story. Yeah. Finishing off everything and doing it satisfactorily. Yeah. And I in agree. that way, give or take, it nails it, I think. Yeah. So, 
I feel like to fulfill our quickbaity premise, <laughs> I I should say something in defense. You won't of believe Empire. in minute twenty four. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Because it, because it, it is it is my my favorite. You know, even though, I mean, I can argue for all of them because I love all of them. I, I mean, honestly, I tend to think of the original trilogy is one three part film, but it, it's kind of one of those things. It's like, well, you know, you you put uh, you 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 put a crossbow into my head. Of course, I'm going to say Empire. <laughs> but, I mean, I was going to say Blaster, but... Well, sure, yeah. I, I, mean, I, I made a Blaster joke earlier, so I was trying to think Blast. of what, what other Star Wars weapon. Ewok spear. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, a stretch. <laughs> but, but Empire, I feel like the, the things I love the most about Star Wars, like, like all began in Empire. Like, in a weird way, I, I think that the Empire is where the groundwork is been laid for like you know what was to your point going to make star wars like not something formulaic because they're, they're they could have done a more traditional sequel to a new hope they absolutely could have they could have done something you know right away that was like what force awakens ended up being mm-hmm. and they didn't you know instead they made this movie that was gonna almost you know challenge everything about a new hope and I think that a good sequel always kind of, you know, challenges the, the sort of fundamental beliefs of the original. And, and I, I mean, just for one example, I think it's so interesting that the ending of A New Hope is, you know, a big giant space battle where there's victory and then the heroes get their, their medals. And then you contrast that with Empire and the ending in a weird way seems so humble. It's, it's Leia and Lando and 3PO and Chewie trying to escape a couple stormtroopers trying to stop Boba Fett from taking Han, and it's Luke and Vader in single combat. And it's like everything is like, you know, being, you know, boiled down to to something, you know, you know, more intimate and more, yes, complex. <laughs> and yeah. and there's I, I think there's like kind of a kind of a beauty to that. And and also, I mean, as much as we can talk about the dark things that happened in a new hope, I mean, Empire is the darker film and yet perversely it's the one that i feel is more hopeful i mean i just think in general the light shines more brightly but is that in the, in the context of knowing return of the jedi is next and what happens no i don't think so i, I think I, it's, i've never not known what happens next after empire strikes back neither have i i mean because i you know i grew up having you know people spoiled the whole thing for me you know even yeah before I, watched, but, but but I the, think i the, see what you're saying especially that last scene and, and i know they added it later there was an article a couple maybe less than a month ago about that actually i read oh I, see i didn't know that's at least i think so unless i dreamt it <laughs> that's my source by the way dreams or i might have read it so uh hope well, you enjoy my journalistic integrity i'll just say one more thing about this like i mean like I, I love it. I love them, you know, getting their their medals in a new hub. I mean, I mean, that, that stuff's priceless. I mean, you know, like Chewie howling and like Han winking at Leia, like, and, <laughs> and you know, R two and three PO clearly having like the world's you know best you know lube bath ever. They look and so shiny. Everybody gets know? a medal. Yeah. Wait. It's such such beautiful, beautiful stuff. I love seeing, you know, Iris out, written and directed by George Lucas, you know, still, you know, gets me pumped. Oh, yeah. But at the same time, I mean, there's something, you know, so much more, you know, beautiful, like seeing, like, 
you know, Luke and Leia just alone at the airlock. And I love like the look on Mark Hamill's face at the end there. It's like, I mean, he's so, he's, he's, he's so broken. Like all his illusions about who he was in this place in the universe have, have been destroyed. And yet there's this kind of like calm expression on his face. Like, you know, you know, bring it on. We may have lost the battle. I've lost my, you know, innocence, you know, but we're still here. We're still hand standing. And, and even though that's like less, of a you know a victory on the surface in a way it feels like more of a victory to survive everything that happens in Empire and I know I'm just fixating on one scene but I feel like that no, one scene I, kind I think of it captures says it all the appeal though. of the whole thing and especially you know? because I think we're dealing with much more complex emotions and so many more complex situations than in the New Hope the New Hope is basically the wedding celebratory scene at the end and it's so damn linear yep we won and now we're being rewarded and we got our participation trophies. Yeah. The end. <laughs> and it's just so much more uh, being layered uh, on each character. And and just like the Empire Strikes Back movie, there's so many divergent paths that they can go down. That <sighs> I think I might have lost my thought, train of thought. But basically what you said. Exactly. Yes, that. <laughs> this, this poor article is going to be 90% Bennett Campbell Ferguson. No, and no. And then it'll be like, Josh, chimes in with uh, droid sounds. <laughs> no, but... Um, oh, that was a terrible R2 sound. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's okay. We'll fix it in post. <laughs> I, I want to go back to what you asked me a while ago, though, which is, what is the mission statement of A New Hope? Mm, yeah. And I've been thinking about it, and I don't know if I have a good answer still... Because I I don't think I have I have a way of making it sound cool, but I think the movie is about optimism, yeah, or hope if you want to get cheesy with it. But it is it is the idea of of somebody having all this opportunity and all they have to do is take that first step. Yeah, like like that. As cheesy as that is, it's like. It says it all in the twin sun scene. Yeah. You know, and he's just like, what am I doing with my life? And yet, he has not done anything to that point that would get him away from it. That's true. It has to punch him in the face, so to speak. Yeah. So, for me, I think it just speaks to me as a kid that grew up in a small town that might have wanted to get away. And and eventually did, but not just because I decided one day I'm going to get out of here. So like all these little micro moments and and wizards and droids, I mean that literally, of course. Um, Indeed, had to be you know had to be in my life, friends and family and and circumstances that made me decide you know what side of the rebel rebels versus the empire I was on. I love that, and I'm a bad guy. Just for the <laughs> record, I gotta say that's the thing we don't talk about a lot. Uh, the bad guys are really, really cool in Star Wars. It's it's well, sort of like costumes, yeah, mean, you know? by far, by far, and and also, um, you know, it's like like the the bad guy cowboys wearing black. Yeah, like, it's just so much more stylish. So much more stylish. So I, I'm sorry. Well, the last thing I'll say is, yeah. I don't know if that really answered your question uh, entirely, but I don't know if I can adequately give you an answer that would articulate why this is the most important thing to me. 
I mean, it's like the force. You can't really define it. It's not like midichlorians or. Oh wait. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I'll stop shooting on episode one. Midichlorians, boom, boom, bring back Boba Fett. <laughs> oh man. I mean, well, gosh. I mean, there's there's a lot in there that I want to talk about because I, I mean I think you you've hit on so many things that, you know about what you know, what makes Star Wars beautiful. Or you know, so many things that make Star Wars beautiful. Excuse mm-hmm. me. It's mm-hmm. part of my, uh, my my poor speaking. <laughs> Apparently, I should be a Gungan. I'm pretty um, sure I've been <laughs> mumbling uh, this entire time. Uh, but okay, I mean, what you were talking about, like kind of like relating to that journey, and you know, he's looking out at the twin sunset, and, and yet he hasn't done anything to kind of you know propel himself to the next level. And I think there's a I think there's something so, you know, you know, fascinating and very human about that. And I feel like A New Hope is sort of about, you know, how an, an identity is forged. And he, he's kind of, you know, pulling the pieces of, you know, really, you know, who he's going to be for the rest of his life together. You know, from meeting Obi-Wan and kind of, you know, figuring out, you know, who he's going to be professionally. Because, you know, sure, Jedi is a job, you know, yeah. <laughs> and to, you know you know, kind of, you know, meeting Han, this best friend who kind of, you know, challenges, uh, you know, his worldview with his cynicism. But then, you know, Luke's idealism ends up teaching Han something too. And that's a great friendship's work. You're taking things from each other. And then, you know, by the end, you know, the big three, Han, Luke, and Leia together. And after all their bickering and their scampering about in the Death Star, like it feels like the birth of like a new... Hope. New family, a new hope. Yeah, it's like it's like a new family it's unit. Really you know? George. Yeah, no, like, totally. I mean, yes, yes, yes. It's. I mean, we all do it. We all go out into the universe, and you know, after you know, kind of, you know, being forged by like the family we're born into, we kind of, we kind of like fashion our own new world. And the new hope seems like it's kind of about like welding all that together in a way. I think. Yeah, and ultimately finding your own home. Okay, that's not the end of the podcast. That was a terrible ending. <laughs> oh, but I want, I want to say one more thing. I mean, you were talking about like the, you know, the, it's like the force, you know, it's not something you can define. And one of the things I think that both Empire and New Hope both have in common is I think they're both about faith. And they're both about having faith in like things you can't, uh, you, you, you can't necessarily see or touch and, and there is this you know mm-hmm. sense of wonderment that there's something you know you know greater and more beautiful out there beyond the tangible and i love it that it presents that in a way that you know you can see it as religious you can see it as secular it's a way you know to like tap into the into the wonderment that hopefully we can all access on some level the you know the unexplained or the just out of reach or the the possibilities and there's there's such there's such beauty to that and, and the films you know i think you know both uh you know do it in, in brilliant ways i mean uh, you know you know luminous beings are we not this crew matter is you know extraordinary but you know so is uh you know use the force luke let go and him turning off the targeting computer i mean you know movie magic both of those scenes absolutely absolutely and 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 it speaks to you and continues to speak to you in a, in a, in a way that um, very few movies can, can have moments like that. 
And, and often for me, the ones that are like that um, are fleeting, if that makes sense. The time I watch them, they're important. And when I see them later in life, later in life, they're not. Um, even just like, I don't know, like war movies. I think of like Braveheart or Gladiator or some sports movie. And it's like, they have that moment too, but it, it seems um, fleeting. It doesn't stick with me personally. And that might just be where I'm at in life. It sure. just doesn't mean anything anymore. But somehow, you know, those Star Wars scenes are still hyper-relevant, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that's why I've always been so kind of insulted by uh, everyone always saying, oh, Star Wars is just for 12-year-olds or something. Yeah. Because, I mean, first of all, I mean, the people who advance that argument are always adults. You know, you're saying twelve-year-olds uh, don't get in fights with you? <laughs> I, I, not lately, at least. <laughs> but in the, that, that argument is like just—it's—it's it's, it's a sort of like cudgel that people use, that kind of when arguments aren't going their way. Yeah, it's super reductive too. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the great thing about Star Wars is that I don't want to say the lessons of Star Wars because I don't think it's didactic at all. I think, but yeah. I, I think the I think the the ideas and the you know and the no, the, the the emotions are things that can guide you, you know, throughout your life. I mean, I, I was I was thinking like, okay, we're talking about this on the forty fifth anniversary. Well, it was about uh, like twenty years ago that I first saw Star Wars, and it's it's crazy to think like multiple decades that all this has been a part of my life and watching it at so many different times and finding that it still has meaning it's i don't know I, I i it's almost like hard to like explain like why that is except that i don't know it, it, it hit upon something about you know i don't even want to say it's about growing up because i feel like you know i feel like i'm still like going through the journey luke's going through you know yeah. i feel like every time i've got it like you know you know figured out and i'm like aha, yes, you know, the world is more complex than I thought it was. I feel like there's a new kind of, you know, no, I am your father revelation that, yeah. you know, causes me to be like, you know, Ben, why didn't you tell me the truth? <laughs> you know, like. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the funny thing about something that you watch when you're a kid. And there are plenty of movies, don't get me wrong, Disney or Don Bluth or, or maybe like Nintendo's the biggest thing for me. I feel like all my life has been like... And I think this is true for a lot of people, like chasing your childhood and what it is that was missing mm. in some ways. And, and I, I wonder how that fits in with Star Wars, too. Yeah. I don't know if that's too big, that's of, a, too big of a topic to, to take on in, in one episode. I mean, initially for me, you know, Star Wars was like kind of a, you know, a tool of connection because my... My best friend in grade school is the one that introduced me to Star Wars. You know, he was the first person I watched Star Wars with at a sleepover. We watched A New Hope, and it was, and way back then it wasn't really about the movies, right? It was about the whole Star Wars experience. It was a, you know, he had like a costume party where I remember in one morning at his house I made my a Boba Fett costume, you know, cutting out cardboard and you know painting it green <laughs> and black, and and it was it was more about stuff like that even than watching the movies. Yeah. Yeah. And over time it became, 
you know, more about the movies as, as like film became my thing. And I wanted to kind of like engage with, uh, you know, them as, as works of art. But, but in a way I feel like, you know, movie love and movies in general, it's like all, you know, about, uh, you know, a, 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 you know, having a, yet, yet another tool to, to connect with people. Because when we talk about movies, we're really talking about ourselves, you know, because, you know, how we feel about movies. Again, I'd say when we're successfully talking about movies. <laughs> sure, that's a great point. Yeah, proving uh, a point about how smart we are. And I, I talked about it earlier. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to cut you off. No, go ahead. Yeah. I mean to say, I think the discourse on film is flawed because so much of it, especially in online communities, is somebody trying to prove how smart they are and having a take that they think is is hotter than yours. And and there, there's almost like ego involved with that. Yeah, but, but you're you're saying maybe the opposite of that, or at least something different. Uh, I'm sorry, I cut you off. I think you know movie fans and film critics in general are almost like a little embarrassed of the personal element. And you know, I remember Manola Dargis, who I love and I think is has been a huge influence on my writing. I remember her saying, you know, there are things that are more important than how a movie makes me feel. Hmm. I that's just, you know, light years away from how I approach art in general. I mean, for me, it's all about it makes how it makes me feel. That's, you know, you know what I'm interested in talking about. And I hope that, like, by sharing how something makes me feel, you know, that can, like, maybe if someone else has, you know, felt the same way, they'll hear that or they'll, you know, read that and that'll make them, you know, feel less alone as when I do when I sometimes read good, you know, criticism, or maybe it'll just be an interesting you know, conversation piece. You know, maybe it opens the conversation up a little wider. I mean, I think, I think emotion is the, the key to, to everything really. Wow. I think you won this argument. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fine. Empire Strikes Back is better. But no, 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 no go ahead. No, no, I was going. I was going to derail this conversation. I was going to talk about Jar Jar. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, but I, I do. I want to like answer like more specifically your your question about you know chasing something in uh, you know that 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 you didn't have in childhood, and it's it's weird because as, as much as I love Star Wars, like I realize thinking about it now that. Like on a on a certain level, as, as as much emotionally as I'm, you know, drawn to Luke's journey. Like there are other, you know, kind of like you know journeys that characters go on in my favorite movies that I think I connect to more and and more reflect what I am chasing that was missing in my childhood. And what was missing in my childhood was I I didn't I didn't connect to as many people as I wanted to. Like you know, I mean, being like a you know super shy awkward kid I, I never felt like I got to be as you know as, as open and I, I never felt like I had as many friends as I wanted to and not like you know like in that way of like oh yeah I wanted tons of friends man you know but just in a way that I felt like I had you know like I wanted to give more and receive more than I was I was getting like my my soul wasn't as fulfilled as it could be and so I feel like like I'm always you know trying to make up for that and like you know trying to you know reach out to people and, you know, whatever way I can and, and, and trying to, you know, still 
overcome my shyness and still overcome the part of me that just wants to like hunker in my apartment, you know, and have everything <laughs> my own way. And, and so that's why I think I relate less to Luke than I do to like, you know, a character like Tobey Maguire's you know, Peter Parker, who his whole journey is about learning when to take off the mask, you know, so, you know, people can you know, see him for who he really is. And man, you, you should know. start a Sam Raimi Spider-Man podcast. That's a good idea. <laughs> I wonder why I didn't think of that before. That would have been great during quarantine. I'll put that in the show notes. I'm sure everybody knows. But if they don't, now they know. Spicy Spicy scenes. scenes. No, I'm Pod Bean. (laughs) Uh, No, I I get what you're saying. I think, think, like I talked about a little bit earlier, um, the movie means different things to you at different points in your life. Mm Mm-hmm. I think it'd be too grand of a thesis to say that Star Wars is always going to be relatable to you, always, no matter what. But it could just be that you don't relate to Luke, you relate to someone else. Or, you know, it, it doesn't have to have this this attached meaning to it always. Not everything has to be relatable, too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I think about it. I think I was in third grade and, uh, you know, shouts to my friends Ben and Joel who lived on the same street. And we went over to Ben's house, and I feel like that was the first time I watched a Star Wars movie from start to finish. And at that point, they had owned and seen the movie a ton of times. Was it Was it A New Hope? I don't remember. I really don't remember. It had to have been, because what monster would be like, hey, here's Return of the Jedi. Oh, I forgot to catch you in. This guy is his dad. No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, that's, that's like one of my earlier memories is, is sitting down and Ben's family had a, like a 13-inch TV that pulled out of the cabinet kind of. And Snazzy. it was perfect. It was, it was the greatest. And uh, yeah, that was a, a love affair ever since with Ben and Joel. Okay, awkward silence is over. <laughs> no, but but absolutely, that was the start of it. I remember listening to the uh, Star Wars audio drama after that, so radio drama, uh, and you know, I, I won't get into it. I feel like I'm, I'm I'm sort of meandering. I'll just say that Star Wars has been with me for a very long time, and so uh, you know, I, I'm I'm not sure I can convince you that a New Hope is better, and and I'm trying to succinctly think of a way that I could. And what I got right now is, on its own merits, A New Hope is singularly the the one Star Wars movie that doesn't require another Star Wars movie to understand. Now I know, yeah, I know, I, I know. I, I had a feeling that was. I know come there's up. the solos and the Rogue <laughs> Ones of the world and things of that nature, and I and I'm. Not really referring to those, but also I am referring to those in the sense sure, that, sure. that nobody is going to watch that as their first Star Wars movie and be like, wow, I want to know more. Yeah. Or maybe I'm wrong. I, I don't I, know, man. I, don't, I mean, I, I, think, I think you're right and you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you're right in the sense that, I mean, that's, that's the one you can, you can watch on its own and it's perfectly self-contained. And you know, even though I'm glad it wasn't, it, it could have been the last one. Absolutely yeah. could have been, and and I think it would have been fine, and people would have said, "Well, actually, no, people always want more." But <laughs> but I but I think you know theoretically, people could have said, "Well, you know, even though they didn't fully defeat the Empire, this movie is so fulfilling and beautiful and exhilarating that you know I can be at peace without more." You know, beginning, middle, and done. Yeah, you, know, you yeah. can't really yeah. say that about yeah. Yeah. any other Star Wars movie. Um, 
I think I think though that the the kind of the sort of like self-contained argument does that really though reflect like the experiment experience of like watching the film you know like is does that does that actually like make it a better like experience as as a movie I mean you you're know? right it's a stupid argument I don't I don't <laughs> deny that I don't deny that at all at all at all <laughs> I mean, I, talking about it more and more, I'm like, wait, do I like Empire better? <laughs> and and, and I, I genuinely do in some ways. I mean, I've said this before, but I feel like if A New Hope is a 5 out of 5, Empire Strikes Back is a 5 out of 5. You know, like, like it's, it's pretty close. I like them both for different reasons and also for the same reasons. Well, okay, I mean, if, if, if you're going to play devil's advocate... Against your own argument. I have to play devil's advocate against my own argument. Uh, That's just my way of getting you to say I'm right at some point. I hope I succeed. <laughs> I will admit that I sometimes find like the you know the, the, the two the two films like versus each other. Like when I watch A New Hope, in some ways it is, you know, more fulfilling because it's it's the very beginning and kind of you know meeting the hero as an ordinary person, as opposed to starting with him, you know, on the adventure. And, and there's, there's a real, you know, pathos to, to Tatooine and the loneliness and the yearning that, that gets into his soul in a way that, like, I think nothing else quite can. But I, I still think that, like, kind of the foundation of, like, the things I love the most is, uh, is all an empire. You know, like, I, I think that, like, it's sort of like, like, what is Star Wars without, you know, Vader being Anakin Skywalker, without, you know, Yoda kind of broadening our vision of the the Force, with uh, without uh, the romance between Han and Leia, which wasn't necessarily always a foregone conclusion, and yet Empire did the kind of radical thing of, like, no, the hero is kind of going to go off on his own and it's the it's the secondary character you know the, the one who is supposedly the more cynical and less romantic he's the one who's going to fall in love and, and just all that stuff and I, I mean, mean that's a big part of it though is just Han and Harrison Ford is is so exciting to watch on oh, the screen that, yeah, yeah. Like, that that is the move that is the thing to do not that Luke isn't exciting but but making him almost secondary in some ways uh, or or being the serious element of Vampire Strikes Back is 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 the right move. It's really smart. Yeah. No. I mean. I mean. Like like every every good choice. I think in a movie, it was kind of surprising and yet totally inevitable. You know. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, but I want to I want to go back a little bit because a long time ago. <laughs> I mean, we, we, you were you were talking about like you know, like watching the movie with with Ben and Joel, and like I mean, does it does I guess I wonder does it ever like freak you out a little bit like like how like Star Wars has you know been there and how like like how much I guess like you've experienced or or changed in the time. It's been in your life because it, it kind of it kind of staggers me a little bit that like like all this started out when I was you know in 
fifth grade, you know, uh, you know, playing with toy lightsabers, you know, and and, yeah, and now yeah. like like here I am, and you know, playing with toy lightsabers. <laughs> and I don't mean that as a knock, but it's a baller move. <laughs> I haven't played with my lightsaber in a while, but I, got, I still got my Qui-Gon lightsaber leaning against uh, <laughs> the wall of my apartment. <laughs> but, but, I mean, just, it's like, and, like, you know, like, here I am, and, you know, we've been through, like, uh, you know, a pandemic, and, you know, lost things, and gained other things, and it's, it's like, and Star Wars has always, always been there, and I don't know, the fact that it's been there, and, even though we've understood it better, maybe it, it hasn't changed, and yet that almost throws into like sharp relief. I feel like how much like we change, and it's I don't know. There's there's something like almost like kind of like staggering or poignant about it. Or yeah, no, there is. Uh, I, I have two two things to say about that. To, uh, to answer your first question, I think it weirds me out more that I'm talking to somebody about Star Wars. And and I bring up my friends Ben and Joel because I think Ben and Joel are actually listening to this right now. And it weirds me out that I've known them my whole life and, you know, states away, hours away, in a weird kind of strange way we're connecting yeah, uh, with the past, e- even if we're not engaging with each other. Yeah. Like, like, that weirds me out when people have told me they've listened to my podcast like, like friends. In in a in, in a weird way, it's like I forgot this was a public thing. Uh, in, in some ways, it, it's really strange, and it, it's kind of a beautiful thing too. Because, like you said, it's been with us all this time. But so have so many other things. When yes. I have a grilled cheese sandwich, <laughs> like it reminds me of being a kid too. You know what I mean? I mean that now, was all the I difference as a child, is, basically. Yeah. <laughs> the difference is, I think Star. I was going to say Starbucks, but this applies too. Now, um, the difference is Star Wars is so ubiquitous and still is a continual part of my life. Yeah. The way even, like, I don't know, Ninja Turtles isn't. Yeah, it's popular again, <laughs> but that doesn't mean it's always been in the cultural lexicon or or has been out there um, the way Star Wars is and has and always will be. Star sure. Wars will never not be a deal. Yeah. Disney paid way too much for it not to be a deal. You know what I mean, though? Like, I'm excited about the Obi-Wan show that comes out in a day or two or three. I forgot what day it comes out. This month, though. Yeah. I'm excited yeah. about the Obi-Wan show that comes out pretty much right now. I'm excited about more Mandalorian. Uh, I'll probably see the next Star Wars movie that comes out that Patty Jenkins does or doesn't make. <laughs> Point being... I'm, I'm betting on doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> But my point is, though, is it's it's not just that it's been popular my entire life, but it's that it keeps coming out with new things and building on that. Yeah. And 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 somehow it doesn't take away from the original. Yeah, you could say George Lucas ruined your life, or Han shot first, <laughs> or whatever your your you know your deal is, what you don't like about Star Wars. But ultimately, you can't take away that first time you watched Star Wars and the way you felt. Yeah, yeah. I think, too, like, I mean, talking about, like, all the, the, you know, subsequent media that's come out since the original trilogy, I mean, as much as I love some of that stuff, and as much as I'm certainly going to watch Obi-Wan and The Mandalorian, I mean, I, I feel like part of Quest for me has been to kind of 
see through the noise a little bit and like, yes. like get back to the I don't know, kind of like the essence. Of but the but time. here's the thing: I love A New Hope, I love Empire Strikes Back, and I love Return of the Jedi. Yeah, I love the original trilogy. I don't think anything will ever be the original trilogy, and I think there's a beauty in knowing or accepting that that's as good as it gets. And nothing will surpass that in the sense of I have 30 years of love for this thing uh, that there's no way some new thing is going to surpass that. It's like being a Metallica fan or something. Like you, You can't make something that competes with nostalgia. I think also too, and I, I'm going to get like a little woo woo here, you know, <laughs> but I, I, it reminds me, and I, I wrote about this, uh, in a, in an article that I wrote recently about Lost in Translation, which, uh, for those of you who don't know, it's my favorite film of all time. And, uh, I wrote about, you know, hearing this YouTube show where, where one of the pundits was saying, you know, Oh, Jurassic Park is my favorite movie. But, you know, maybe someday I'll see something that I like better. And I'm not saying that person was, was wrong. I mean, I'm, I'm sure they're right for them. But I know that for me, that's not how it works. Like, I mean, I do think that there is an element of destiny that, like, you know, finding, you know, the kind of, you know, 10 or 20 movies that you really love, the movies that you really connect with, like, it is almost like a key turning in a, in a lock and it's sort of like meant to be. And, you know, once, you know, that there's kind of that, that marriage almost between like you and the work of art, you're never going to like have, you know, quite the same relationship. Uh, um, uh, Especially if like, we're talking about the, you know, the movies that have kind of, you know, sort of like, you know, you know, forged your, your ideas about yourself and the world. In the case of, you know, Star Wars, I mean, it was, was so important to me as a kid, as it is now. I mean, again, that, that optimism and the optimism that, you know, the, the, you know, the potential, you know, goodness of all human beings is so great that, you know, even someone as bad as Darth Vader could, you know, do something noble. And, and I don't think everyone's redeemable, you know, like, like, like life and art has, you know, challenged that optimism again and again, you know, I mean, <laughs> mm-hmm. but at the same time, like, I've always, like, like held on to the, the hope that that kind of thing is, uh, is, is possible. And I, I think because that, you know, you know, shaped, like, you know, my, you know, beliefs about humanity so intensely, I mean, not that, you know, Star Wars is my favorite movie, you know. It's it's but it's but it's in like the top top echelon, you know, the top mm-hmm. five or so. And and so like very few movies could like ever, you know, compete with that. It's something that was like, you know, like so central to my, you know, beliefs about life because that's because that's beyond, you know, good movie, bad movie, in between great movie. That's, you know, that's about everything. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's more than just entertainment. Yeah, yeah. Well, I might have to disagree with myself and you. (laughs) Bring it on. (laughs) I think if we're, as human beings, changing, I feel like you have to 
change your favorite movie at some point in life. I'm really? thinking about myself when I'm 70 years old. <laughs> I, do, I, I say Star Wars is my favorite movie, and, and in a lot of ways that is true. But it's also, to use the album analogy, like it's just the most solid start-to-finish album. Yeah. It might not have my favorite songs on it. Sure. That said, I'd like to think some of the movies that are or were important to me uh, will be less or more important down the road. And I don't, I don't have the data to back this up yet, but I don't know, man. I, I guess my, my argument is, can you really compete with nostalgia? And, and, and in a lot of ways, maybe you can't. Maybe, maybe, I'm, maybe I am right. I, I don't know. I guess I'm coming to, to grips with that because I don't see how I would ever not enjoy Star Wars or Back to the Future or Clue or whatever. Sure. Um, I like that. That's my three examples, not Citizen Kane or you know something that's that's actually a, a classic, quote unquote. I mean, I, I probably enjoy Clue more than Citizen Kane, and yeah. I love Citizen Kane. Oh Don't yeah, get me absolutely. Wrong. <laughs> no, 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 no. For sure, for sure. Um, I guess part of me wonders if Star Wars will not be the most important thing. Because here's the weird part. Despite Star Wars being like my favorite movie and a lot of the reason I wanted to get into filmmaking and, and film criticism and writing in the first place, despite all of that, um, I don't like it nearly as much as people think I do. Oh, that's interesting. Like, it's important, and yeah, I have, I don't know, Star Wars toys and posters in my office and stuff but like it doesn't lead me on a day-to-day basis it it isn't something i necessarily think about as much as a lot of people i know who are bigger star wars fans i don't think there's anything wrong with that i just i mean to say in a a weird way it's a lot of nostalgic stuff that i think about now as opposed to the present stuff yes i love like the mandalorian and I'll, but but I don't know if I love The Mandalorian more than I love, I don't know, Breaking Bad or something. Sure, sure. Something that that in a weird way speaks to me more. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and and maybe that that's a dumb comparison to make in the first place. But I guess what I'm trying to say is, yes, I have a Star Wars podcast, and yes, we talk about Star Wars probably more than any other topic. But I. I think that it doesn't uh it's not my religion but it's been like a, a good friend that's been along with me on this on on this journey of life i like that i mean i in a way like i think that like that's the kind of relationship to it that i most understand you know like i mean i, I think that you know, almost like as a kid, like I want, I wanted to be in Star Wars. You know, like I didn't want to watch Star Wars. I wanted to be a Jedi. You yeah, know, yeah, like, like yeah. I wanted to be like living in the, the universe and like, you know, going on these escapades and stuff. And, and I, I don't, I don't mean to say this in like a kind of like snooty way of like, oh, I'm so mature now because I, for God's <laughs> sake, I've got a ton of growing up left to do, you know, but, but I mean, I, I, I stopped wanting to be in Star Wars a long time ago. Like I, I stopped mm-hmm. thinking of Star Wars as attainable or as a universe even like, I mean, uh, I, I think, you know, with 
a lot of times, like when you're passionate about something, it's easy to get into that point of like, like almost talking about it as if it's real, you know? Yeah, and, no, I know what you mean. Yeah, absolutely. Whereas I think I now I'm at the point where like I I just see you know, Star Wars as a work of art, you know, yeah. and 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 I don't think that's a downgrade. I mean, for me, that is enough and you know kind of loving it just as a story as a way to get back to you know what's uh what's beautiful about it but but i want to circle back to some of the stuff you were saying let, Could, let, okay um oh go ahead i'm sorry well i think that because i was gonna negate myself again real quick are you, go, go, i'll, you I'll just say <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> having said all the, the that i've said about star wars i know it's important but when I mean, like, it still is, like, too damn important. Like, like I've talked about this in the podcast before, but, you know, I had a friend who passed away, and and his Jedi robes were burned, and they played some music from, from Return of the Jedi, and it's, like, the saddest, most beautiful thing, like, of all time. And, and it's sort of like, <laughs> how could Star Wars not be the most important thing sure. in moments like that and, and, and how in a weird way, uh, like it shaped who I am. And yet, yet here I am saying it's not that important and it is just a movie. I, I think there is a, a push and pull with that. Sure. You know, sure. it's yeah. sort of yeah. maybe a reluctance to accept like how, how important it is in some ways. And also there's like the fandom thing of like, like I have a bigger star Wars dick than you. You know, like like I that know can just more. Sum up a lot of like you know <laughs> the discourse out there. Yeah, but but just more like I, let me prove to you how much I've studied and I know these numbers and I know these places and I I I'm I'm more than you. Yeah, yeah. There, there is that that sort of dick measuring, um, and not that I engage with with that particular Star Wars dick measuring. But I, it is, I think, kind of embedded in with being a Star Wars fan. I think that's the dark side of it, no pun intended, in that that people have egos and they have to prove how, how smart they are in that venue. And if you choose to speak the language of Star Wars, like well, some people have to be the best, yeah. uh, even if it means going to the dark side. Yeah, it's true. And I think... That and that's a Reddit, by the way, the dark side. No. <laughs> well, I mean, I feel like what this all comes back to is the idea that, you know, we can love you know, Star Wars passionately and it's, you know, influence both our lives. But at the end of the day, I mean, no work of art is enough. No story is enough. Like, it, it's never going to kind of, you know, fulfill you know, like everything you need out of life. And, and that's why maybe like it can seem like both the most, you know, important thing because it's so moving and it's so, it's such, it's such this beautiful creation. And, and yet it can also seem, I mean, like any story, you know, like often, like small because it is, it is a thing or an object ultimately. And, and, and maybe, I don't. I don't know. Maybe. I mean. I mean. If you think about those characters and the adventures they go on and the the, the you know the lives they live. I mean, maybe maybe the the real way to honor Star Wars is like not just like praising Star Wars, 
I mean, which I will do time and time again because <laughs> uh, yeah. it's fun. But um, but also like kind of like actually like looking to Luke and say like, hey, like what is my version of getting off the moisture farm? I mean, maybe you have to like look in the mirror and ask that like every few years yeah. or so. Like you know, I mean, <laughs> I guess to bring it all back, I mean. We've talked about the importance, and we've talked about how, how futile it is to compare apples to apples, so yeah. to speak. Um, as far as our, our initial argument goes, I think I won. No. <laughs> as far as A New Hope versus Empire Strikes Back goes... Um, I, I just I don't think there's going to be a consensus. I think we're both agreeable people, and, and yeah. we both agree uh, to disagree. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it does make me question because because in a weird way, like saying uh, A New Hope is my favorite movie and it's better than Empire Strikes Back is like a core belief. Sure. It's like one of my inside-out islands or something. Like, gotcha, yeah, yeah. It, it somehow defines who I am. You're you're an Empire Strikes Back or you're a New Hope person. Yeah. And that says everything about you, you know? It's like a horoscope or something. It's like people can glean information from you just from that. Totally, totally. But I don't know. Can we Can we reach some sort of conclusion? I mean... Well, let me ask you this. I mean, can we agree on the idea that together, I mean, the two films or even the three films, you know, say something greater and achieve something greater than any of them achieves on their own? Yeah. Yeah. And just the way they build on one another. It's, yeah, I, I, I don't want to say it's unlike anything else, but, you know, in a lot of ways it is unlike anything else. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, like, I mean, we both, you know, love, like, the Dark Knight trilogy, for instance. But in a way, like, those feel like, you know, like three different films, and, and in a way, like, set in three different versions of Gotham. Yeah, I think like, they feel episodic to me. Yeah, I mean, in a way it was like, you know, Christopher Nolan made a movie about whatever he was most interested in at the time and, yeah. and kind of bent that a little bit to fit Batman in there. You know, and I'm not even, I'm not even complaining about that necessarily yeah. because I, I actually enjoy that aspect. You know, I enjoy that you can go from the kind of like, like almost romantic, you know, mythic quality of, of Batman begins to the kind of, you know, like harsh, you know, brutality of the dark Knight to the, the kind of mixture of the two in the dark Knight rises. Like that's interesting. But there's no doubt that, like, the Star Wars trilogy, like, you know, as as a work of art, like, it it coheres more as a three-part thing because it, it feels like it tells a complete story of, like, these uh, these youngsters, you know, figuring out their place <laughs> in the universe, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so what you're saying is we should embrace the original Star Wars trilogy as this piece and maybe argue, argue less and, and, and no, I, I, let me, that's not what you're saying. Go ahead. In a way, I think our argument kind of makes that case, you know, cause like, I feel like, like each argument is like one half of the whole picture. 
Yeah. In a way, like, so, okay, like, you know, so, like, you were talking about, like, the, the, the optimism of A New Hope. Uh-huh. You know, and, and, and then, and then, you know, and then I'm going off on my, like, whole, you know, oh, you know, like, Empire is more optimistic because it is darker, you know? Right, and that, yeah, and yeah. It, and you're not the, wrong. But then, but then at the same time, it's like, it's like, well, the same, it's almost like the films, like, need each other to, like, make their, their, their kind of, like, like separate points, you know? Like, I mean, would, would the darkness of Empire have, have meant anything without the the innocence of a new hope exactly and would the you know and would a new hope have meant as much if it weren't like kind of the this last poignant blast of innocence you know before Before the inevitability or the the inevitable yeah 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 there's a i mean there's a there's a more like complete painting and then you know when you put the two of them together and then like jedi fills in the, like the final, the final brush strokes, or like as the frame. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. You sort of can't have one without the other, unless it's just Star Wars, in which case I win the argument. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a stupid argument, and this is a stupid argument. Uh, uh, I think you, you've you've concluded it in in a much better way than I ever would have thought. <laughs> I have to bring this up, and I know this is a stupid thing to bring up, but have you seen X Men Apocalypse? No, I heard it was bad. I mean, it's terrible, but I couldn't help, like, like before like, getting ready for this, like, there's a scene, like, because that movie's set in 1983, and they, they all, you know, go see Return of the Jedi, the young mutants, and, you know, Jubilee is like, Empire's still the best, you know, wasn't afraid to have a dark ending, and Cyclops is like, yeah, but if you hadn't had the original, you wouldn't have any of the others, and then Jean Grey is like, well, one thing we could agree third one's always the worst <laughs> and it's like that is the that is the most like basic like superficial version of this kind of argument and like honestly like i'm proud of us that we took the whole discussion in a much like crazier direction than, yeah. than you know. i mean I, I think it's boring to focus on too specific of of thing I think it's boring to, to focus on the details too much because everybody's seen them and everyone knows it and you're just reminding them and preaching to the choir or pissing people off. Yeah. You yeah. know, I, I don't really want to talk about the Wampa scene or the special edition stuff right now. Yeah. A, because yeah. we've already talked for 20 hours in the past <laughs> about this kind of stuff. But B, because, you know, we don't need to. Everybody thinks they have some hot take on this. Yeah. And 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 like you said, that distilled version of what the trilogy is, is is pretty accurate to most people's experience. Sure, sure. And it's not wrong, but maybe it's not right. You can still have a different opinion. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think you can. And and one thing I think is interesting is I remember you know going over to. Uh, it's a, it's a, there's a couple in town there. I mean, they're sort of, sort of like my aunt and uncle. I, I know them better than I know any of my real aunts and uncles. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, and, and they're, they have a son and we were kind of like all going around the table and it's kind of, it's kind of interesting. Like how, you know, except for like their kid, like, like no, and, and me, like no one at the table was like a hardcore Star Wars fan. 
but still, like, everyone had the opinion. You know, mm-hmm. you know, my mom was right away like, oh, of course A New Hope is the best. You know, <laughs> like, and, it's just, and, and like you said, like, like all these things, you know, we, these, our opinions, like, it's like, it's like, yeah, it, it says, uh, it says something about us. And, and yet I feel like at, at the end of the day, we're talking about two masterpieces. You know, I think they both succeed completely at what they they set out to to do and you know i think yeah i i think that's uh, that's the whole thing really yeah the fact that we live in a time that we could experience those movies and that at some point it was new to us is yeah. incredible because i don't think anyone born now w- would be able to see those movies as fresh I mean, they've already been spoiled to some degree. I just, I think every Star Wars fan parent's dream is to show them kids, show them kids. The every Star Wars parent's dream is to show their kids the original trilogy uh, without any preface at all. Sure, yeah. And I don't know if you can do that anymore. Yeah, that's an interesting question. I mean, I do find that these like these generational divides like like work differently than than people sometimes expect like like one of my former co-workers you know he he saw star wars on the big screen in 1977 and and yet you know he's not like a kind of like quote unquote like old guard person like me he's older than me and yet whenever we talk about star wars he's the one who defends the last jedi <laughs> and it's so kind of weird that it's like I mean, like, I didn't, you know, like, that, that I'm, like, you know, so much younger than him, and, and yet I'm the one who's, like, it, it all peaked in the late 70s and the early 80s, you know, <laughs> it's just, it's, it's so, it's so weird, you know, like, how these, how these things work out, it's kind of, like, a, it's kind of, I don't know, it's interesting. I mean, I think, ultimately, what we're trying to say is we're Star Wars jerks. i i like that it's a um basis for discussion though i like that that it it let lets us talk about star wars allows and this podcast uh gives us a forum to talk about this kind of stuff yeah I, i think it's it's like somehow the more i talk about it um the the more it's demystified sure in some ways, and yet it still it still can retain that magic. I, I don't know. I'm just rambling. I think at this point, but but I think you're right. I mean, I think it's it's like any great story. It feels like it's not closing the door. It feels like it's op- reopening the door each time, or it's opening new new windows. Like it, it never feels like the conversation is is over. It's just another you know step in the journey to kind of you know understand what Star Wars means and therefore understand ourselves in a way that's going to be it for us here at bespin ice cream stand you can find me on twitter at i am joshua 85 you can find ben at t-h-o bennett and also he writes for willamette week and has some great stuff there so please check that out wweek.com folks wweek and uh finally we're on twitter at bespin ice Thank you for listening. Uh, Thanks for your patience with us. Uh, We hope to 
do much more of this. We'll see you next time, and the Force will be with you, always.